Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 38 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast, where we take a wild trip through the 1987 John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Bubble Weed of Flights, Tights, and Movie Nights. Welcome back to the show, Bubble Weed. Hey, it's good to be back again. Yeah, keeping warm by that little <laughs> garbage can fire. Just uh, sitting along the way as we're we're getting ready for to get on this train. <laughs> so, read th- Us magazine. No, we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so <laughs> no, we're off the train. We're not on the train yet. Once we get on the train, then we can talk about the the Us magazine. <laughs> so, minute thirty eight begins with Dell looking on sadly, and ends with the train engineer blaming his partner. So yesterday's minute ended with Dell trying to convince Neil to give him his address so that he can pay him back with Neil adamantly saying that he does not need this. It's fine. It's a gift. Don't worry about it. So at this point, the shot changes. We see a train track with a bridge and then we hear a train coming through it and the train just chugs along and comes through. We get to see that the, the train that they're on. And then we get a nice shot of the outside of the the area where they're they're driving through, and then we get an in, in inside shot of the train itself, and we see Neil looking out the window, pleased with himself, and then he looks over at the young lady who's sitting on the train next to him, and starts a conversation with her, and he goes hi, and she goes she says hi back. And he goes, going home for Thanksgiving? And she says, yeah. And he goes, me too. Just going to make it. So, first of all, it's pretty funny because up until now, Neil is not open with with anyone who's who's next to him. You know, he, he didn't like the fact that Dell was talking his ear off. He didn't, you know, he didn't have anything to say to the old man on the on the plane next to him or anything like that. And here he is sitting on a train, finally away from Dell, and he starts chatting up. Uh, I don't know if she's supposed to be a teenager or maybe she's a, a young college student. No, she's probably a teenager. That's what I would think. Yeah, I get the impression teenager. Yeah, no, but he's just going home. So maybe, you know, maybe she is a college student going home or something like that. Or maybe she's in some sort of, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, some sort of school away from home or a boarding school or something like that. I don't know. And the the music is great because we get this like 80s techno type music in the background and we see that she's reading a magazine so she's reading a magazine of us it's us magazine and so what do you know about us magazine um i don't really know too much about the magazine in general i i did look up the specific issue so i know when this issue came out ah me too me too so when did it come out why don't you tell everyone that um it came out march 23rd 1987 is is the date on the cover Mm -hmm. so this is um you know either in old magazine since this since this is taking place in november thanksgiving right well i mean back in i mean it makes sense because they they filmed this sometime in the spring so it makes sense that that she would have a very recent magazine with her. I mean, when we were on the plane a few weeks ago, so Neil was reading in a, in an article from a GQ magazine, which had Kevin Costner on the on the cover, which was from May. So 
depending on when they filmed this, whether they filmed it in order or out of order or whatever it is. So obviously this was filmed after March 23rd, 1987. So what's what's interesting though, is that, so the, the cover we see in the cover article is an article about the, the TV show Family Ties. It says, why we love Family Ties inside this week's daring one hour episode. Okay, so first of all, I, I might as well, I wanna give a little bit of, of context to what is Us Weekly. So it's a weekly celebrity and entertainment magazine that is based out of New York. It was founded in 1977 by the New York Times and they ended up selling it in 1980. And in 86, it was acquired by Wenner Media, and they sold it to American Media Inc. in 2017. So obviously, at the time that this movie was made, it was it was still owned by Wenner Media. So most of their most of, of their articles cover topics ranging from celebrity relationships to the latest trends in fashion, beauty, and entertainment. And as of 2017, its circulation averages to more than 1.9 million copies every week and the total readership is more than 50 million customers which is pretty amazing between 1977 and 2000 they had a different format so it used to be a monthly industry news and review magazine that was similar to premiere or entertainment weekly and in 2000 they, they switched it to be more of a celebrity news and style type of magazine so as a kid I used to love the TV show Family Ties. It was one of my favorite shows growing up. And seeing this this article got me very curious. I, I did a lot of research to try to find a copy of the article itself and was unfortunately not able to. Thank you for your help to, to try to steer me in the right direction, Bubba, but <laughs> didn't help. So you can you can actually buy a copy of this on eBay for fourteen ninety five right now. It was it cost a dollar fifty when it came out, and I also found that you can find a a mint condition version of 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 this of this particular magazine on Amazon for twenty nine ninety five. But uh, no, I will not be buying that, even though I am very curious to know what the story is. <laughs> so I mean, I did a little bit of research to see what Family Ties episode they were talking about. Did, did you do that also by any chance? No, that that I didn't do. I just looked up the date and I saw the uh, better shot of the cover. Right. I mean, are you, were you were you a fan of Family Ties? Did you ever watch Family it? Ties? Was I think just before my time. I I was into Growing Pains, which came out a few years after. Right. Okay. I, I think there was overlap between the two of them at the at the time. So basically, this was the the TV show that launched Michael J. Fox's career. He plays the oldest son of a pair of hippies who, I mean, he's a, a staunch Republican and uh, he's into economics and things like he's always talking about money and Wall Street and things like that. And so I wanted to find out what this daring one hour episode was. So I did a little bit of, of research and I actually found and watched <laughs> the episode in order to, to get an idea as to what we're talking about here. It is an episode called A, My Name is Alex. So it was an episode that, that aired on the 12th of March, which which is also pretty interesting because this article, you know, the article came out on the 23rd and they, they're talking about something that came out a week and a half earlier. So, I mean, it makes sense. My, my first thought was when I was originally looking to find out what episode they were talking about, I thought that it was an, 
they were, they were foreshadowing something, you know, that's going to. Well, be of course, the the magazine that already the magazines at those days, the the dates are always really weird because they, even though it says March twenty third, nineteen eighty seven on the cover, it probably came out. I wouldn't be surprised if it came out like two weeks before then. Mm, okay, could be. Could be. So this apparently is ranked as one of the best episodes of the show. Okay, it was basically Alex, played by Michael J. Fox, his best friend, one of his best friends, gets uh, tries to convince him to go with him somewhere. And Alex just brushes him off and doesn't go with him. And then his friend gets killed in a car accident on the way. And then Alex has to deal with his feelings about the fact that, you know, he didn't go with his friend. Maybe if he would have gone with him, something would have been different, you know, that, that he would have been able to save him. You know, it goes back to the whole philosophical idea about, about you know, whether you can change something that, that might have happened or whatever. It was named one of the top 100 TV episodes of all time by TV Guide. Okay, it won two Emmy Awards for Outstanding Technical Direction, Electrical Camera Work, and also a re for Outstanding Writing in a Comedy Series. This was also the same year that Michael J. Fox won Best Actor at the Emmys for, for, for his work. And it's, it's largely, they claim that it's largely due to his work on this particular episode. And I mean, I... I enjoyed the the episode. It was a, it was a one hour episode, and the they advertised that the second half of it was commercial free, which was something that was very very rare in the 1980s to be able to do something like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I found that quite interesting. And it, and if anyone wants to try and go find the, the episode, I I think it's worth your while to see it. It's it it's very interesting to see a comedy show deal with dramatic events like this when it talks about death and things like that and have a character like Alex have to, you know, look into it, do a lot of introspect to try to find, figure out, you know, what, what the meaning of life is for him and stuff like that. At least it was so rare. I, I, it was rare from, for comedies of that time. Now I think we get yes, a lot more course. comedies that, that have a mix of comedic and dramatic moments. Yes. So yeah, that was that was a, a great episode, and like I said, anyone who wants to take a take a to to take on my challenge and and try and watch <laughs> it, so you can you can write to me about it if you want. <laughs> so yeah, so Neil just smiles at the girl as he's looking at her. You know, I I don't think it. If someone were to see this out of context, they might think that he's trying to hit on her. Do you think that's what he's trying to do, or he's just trying to? You know, chatter up just to pass the time. Yeah, I got the impression that he was just so thrilled to be talking to somebody that was not Dell, and where he can have a conversation that has a beginning, middle, and end, and doesn't just continue. You know, th this is somebody right. that you know she's willing to to have like a little bit of small talk, but she's not going to carry on the conversation. And I just got the impression that just the way that he's smiling and just being so happy. It's like, wow, I, it's, it, this is such a relief to talk to somebody for two minutes and then be done. Right. But what do you think she thinks about that? That's the strange thing. You know, like 
here she has some stranger just chatting her up on the train. You know, is he trying to hit on her or not? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I I think that because, she takes it because while she's talking to talk. while he's talking to her, she she keeps looking back into her magazine. Yeah, I think she you know, she doesn't. She's smiling. Yeah, I th- I think she just doesn't. You know, she's not really interested in having conversation. Like she's just right. like, okay. yeah, I'll you know I'll answer you, but I'm not interested in having a conversation. And and I think right. um, Neil picks up on that, and then. Is right. that's actually exactly the response that he wants right now? Yeah, that's true. I agree with you on that. Then we get an external shot. We see the train going over a bridge over water, you know, showing the passage of time once again. And then we get a nice shot, another internal shot of of the the the, the train car, and we see Neil fast asleep with his head against the the, the window sill. And did, did you notice that the girl looks slumped down in a very strange way, the way that she's sleeping? Yeah, it looks like she's, it looks like she's passed out. The way that she's she's slumped down like that—that that does not look comfortable at all. <laughs> yeah, although she doesn't really have many options. Uh, the other option would be like leaning on uh, Neil's shoulder. <laughs> well, they'll they'll do that already on the plane. <laughs> yeah, and this is you yeah, know this. Sure. This is the moment where, like, the, this is the the relief valve. This is him being happy. So her leaning the other way is, again, it, it's showing this is, like, the ideal travel situation for Neil. Right. That's true. And then, once again, we, we get another external shot, and we see the, the train coming. There's a mountain behind it and stuff like that, and then we see plumes of black smoke pouring out of the the engine which does not look like it's something that you would want to be on a, on a train that's doing that but you get to see the the stalks of of i guess wheat or corn or whatever it is on the side of the road you get to see some snow so you know they they're, they're trying to show that we're really in the middle of nowhere where this is happening. And then we hear the, the train make a very strange sound. And you hear this the screeching of you hear like this loud clanging and rattling and then the, the brakes screech and you know Neil is, is trying to get some sleep and he's the, the, the train jolts to a stop which wakes him up and then he starts looking around and then we get another external shot and we see the two engineers get off the train. Now, the name of this train company is Contract. So we discussed earlier in the week about the fact that, you know, that this movie avoided trying to to use real names of of real companies because they didn't want to get sued and nobody would let them use their their names because of everything that happens in this movie. So Contract is basically a combination of two different famous train companies. You have Amtrak and Conrail. So they just put them together and they, they created a new train company in order for them to, to use it. So it's completely fictional. And I actually found a post of somebody who talks about the fact that he act, that he found the actual train that's like sitting in a, in, in a place in Gowanda, New York <laughs> at the Erie Railroad Station. So he happened to find it there. You actually can find a picture online of what that train looks like 
35 years or I, I don't know what year they, they actually took the picture, but you know, it's been 35 years since they used it. And you see how rusted and dilapidated it looks. So yeah. it, it's yeah, pretty I interesting. I also read that, you know, they, because they did that, that they had to uh, basically find unused train equipment and, and train tracks. So that way they could film all this stuff. And yeah. whenever they left it, it, it spent, you know, many years with that con um on track yeah logo well i think i think the i think the picture still shows it with a contract logo if i remember correctly so i mean according to that article they 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 said that the movie came out 30 years ago so i guess the the picture's from about five years ago of where they show that so yeah so then we, we see that the two conductors get off the train or the engineers can no the engineers getting off the train and one of them screams at the other one what'd you do here now what what makes me wonder is is what can someone do wrong to make something like this happen <laughs> you think that this is just something that will just happen you know you have a, an internal combustion problem or whatever it is you know in the train not not something that someone can actively do it's not like he he pulled the wrong lever and now you know uh, black smoke is billowing out of the train or something like that so it's pretty funny that you just have these two guys bickering i mean we'll, we'll get a little more of their bickering tomorrow but <laughs> but it's just pretty funny that one of them is just blaming the other and saying, what'd you do? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, they, they, they gave us a, a few, a nice few seconds of, of, of the, the train billowing smoke. And then the two of them just standing there completely dumbfounded, trying to figure out what happened here. You know, how did this happen? Who knows? And that's pretty much how the, this minute ends. So did you have anything else for, for this minute? No, this is a relatively uneventful minute. Yeah. Pretty uneventful, except for the uh, the the article, the the us article, <laughs> yeah, and a lot of scenery. Yes, a lot of scenery. We get to see the nice scenery of of both uh, Kansas and Missouri along the way. So th there's very few differences here, but it's a pretty big difference of what they have in the script. Okay, and what, what happens here is that. Dell actually sits down next to Neil on the train <laughs> and says to him, miss me? <laughs> and then you get a, a look on the face of Neil that he's not too happy about this. And then it shows that, you know, later on in the train, it says Dell has visited the bar car and has a large cup of beer and several packages of nuts. He shakes the nuts in his fist and pops them into his mouth. Neil's sleeping. Dell looks at him warmly. As a mother might to a sleeping child, he reaches under the seat and pulls out his coat. He gently lays it across Neil, careful not to spill the beer, beer he holds in one hand. He tucks the coat under around Neil. Neil smiles and settles into the warm coat. Suddenly, the train bucks. Dell drops the beer. Neil sits bolt upright. And then it says, we see Neil's shoes and the beer cup is overturned on Neil's foot. So, I mean, this is a funny moment and um uh, i i don't know if it would really have added to the movie or not i i think it would have been too much to have him sit down next to him but the fact that he spills his his beer and nuts on him is is funny but i like the fact that they show that that dell is still caring for 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 neil you know neil is sleeping peacefully and dell is doing his best to comfort him you know mm -hmm. to try and tuck him in you know the way that it says dell looks at him like 
you know, warmly as a mother might to a sleeping child. You know, I thought that was a an interesting comment to the way that they did that. Yeah. So right. So the, those are those are the, the the few little minor discrepancies, but they're they're still pretty good. So every Wednesday we do a do a segment called Hughes Hump Day, where my guests will give their top five John Hughes movies. So what can you tell us about your favorite? John Hughes movies. Well, I think I'll start off with um, the probably the most problematic of the ones on my list, but I still think that overall it's a fun movie, and that's Weird Science. And okay. I I think that the character of Lisa just entirely makes that that movie. And, yeah, I uh, mean, no one would make that movie today, but yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> But 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 you're right. I mean that that movie is made by by Ke- uh, Kelly LeBrock, right? That was yes. her name. Yeah, yeah, Kelly LeBrock. Yeah. Um, and so, then next up, okay. I'll I'll go with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You know, you can't can't go wrong with that one. That one is another, just a lot of fun. Right. Um, uh, number three, I'll go with this movie again. Uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. It, okay. it was a lot of fun revisiting it, and uh, you know it's been a lot of fun so far talking about these three minutes. Um, and you know, moving on to number two, I I think I'll go with Home Alone. That's uh, I think I watched. I didn't watch it this year, but I think I watched it last Christmas, and. You know, it, there's not a whole lot that to be said about Home Alone that hasn't been said already. Right. And and then for my number one is the other Christmas movie, and that's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> yeah, John Hughes was was great at what he did. No question about that. Mm-hmm. All right. So another the the segment that we do every day off the beaten track, where either myself or my guest will tell a little adventure or misadventure of something that might have happened to us over the course of our lives so Bubba, you got another one for us yeah and uh i I think i'm sticking uh going with chronologically here and this this next one it's not so much a you know a road trip but it it was a vacation like one of i think one of the vacations that i remember the most fondly and the farthest that i've traveled for any sort of vacation and um, it was actually that that same year as uh, in the last episode, my senior year. Um, you know, just I think it was in between the Six Flags trips because I, I think the the one that I went with my family was later in the summer, and this trip was right in June because I I remember I spent my 18th birthday in Homer, Alaska. Oh wow! And. Um, yeah, and we went there because one of my aunts actually lived in lived there in Alaska, and we were visiting her and her house, and it was even like a mini um, family reunion on my mom's side. So, oh, wow. so I think about you know three or four of my aunts and uncles were all there, me and my family, uh, a handful of cousins. Um, you know, I slept out in a tent, and this was summer in Alaska. So it, the temperatures were about 60 to 70 and 
you know, it, it wasn't like 24 hour daylight, but you know, the, the sun would just dip down below the horizon for, you know, a couple hours and then it would come back up. Oh, wow. And, and that was, you know, it was great. We, you know, we went, took a boat on the ocean and we went halibut fishing and she had a, you know, she had an absolutely gorgeous house, like in, in the middle of, you know, practically in the middle of a nowhere. She was on like a small ridge and her house was like on 90% windows. You look out one direction and you're seeing this, this giant tree filled valley with mountains in the distance. You look the other direction, you see a tree filled valley with mountains in the distance it's it was well, gorgeous sounds pretty it, it was yeah and it was fantastic and something that i, that I always remember well have you ever been back there no i uh, you know it, it's it's tough to schedule a trip to alaska and um you know just uh i think just a few years ago, my aunt that did live live up there, she passed away. Oh, okay. uh, so Sorry, so I, I no longer have any other any other family that lives up there. But I I would like to to visit again sometime because it it is it's just gorgeous. Yeah, sounds that way. You 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 described it so amazingly. Wow. Thank you very much for that. So you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you once again? Sure. As always, the best place to find me and, and all my projects is I'm on Twitter. I'm at Bubba Wheat. And, um, you know, I I still have my first podcast. It's uh, it's called Film Wise, and that's W-H-Y-S. It stands for Why Haven't You Seen This Film? And uh, each episode, I would bring on a guest and they would in introduce me to a film that I had never seen before. And in return, I would introduce them to a superhero or comic book film that they had never seen before. And we would discuss both those, both of those films. And it's, um, I just, uh, last late last year, I migrated the feed. It's now on anchor.fm and all of the, the main episodes are available to listen there. All right. Excellent. And, you can find me very simply by just doing a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook, or you can go to my website. So, until tomorrow, you're fucked. You're fucked. <laughs>